Welcome to the Riot Podcast, where we have practical discussions on how to share your faith, see the news from God's eyes, and answer some of faith's hardest questions. Welcome to the Riot Podcast. This is Bob Shoneman alongside Mac Daddy Pete Robertson. What's happening? Hey Pete, I heard baseball's back. Man, I love that. I, I, you know, you're baseball, not gonna boycott because you're mad at him. No, no, no. You know, baseball is not my most favorite sport to watch. Football or basketball would be up there, you know, because it's a little bit more entertaining. There's a little bit more action happening, but baseball is just in my blood, man. It's the, it's the, it's the chess of the competition sports, is the way I look at it. I get it. Yeah, so I like it. It's a little bit more football. boring. No, no, I get it. It's a little bit more. It's more strategic. There's more, you know. You know what? Stuff like I, I tell the people the same thing every time. And they're like, you know, I just can't watch baseball. I'd rather watch football or something else. And I'm like, I get it. You know, baseball is a smart person sport. So, you know, that usually shut, <laughs> that usually shuts them right up. <laughs> That's hilarious. But it is. There's baseball a lot more is, strategy. It's all about numbers, right? Yeah. It's it's all about numbers. So it's yeah. really cool. So I, I grew up playing baseball, too. I know you guys pick on me about being a bowler, but I played baseball until I was 16. And... Uh, but I love it. So, I mean, like, if I went to a game and it was a one nothing, you know, no-hitter or a shutout. You would enjoy the pitching. Sh- I would appreciate right. the talent. But most people would be like, that Oh, that sucked. was boring. <laughs> so, do you say the same thing about a soccer game? Do you appreciate the goaltending? Or you're like, uh, no, that was boring. Soccer is a little harder for me to get in. But I was, it's not my culture, and I wasn't brought up with it. Yeah. So, if, if it was, it totally, I mean, I see why that's the biggest sport in the world is, is football or soccer or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, but I, I like guess it. it depends on where you're at. Speaking of where you're at, how was your trip to California? It was good. I mean, um, not the reason why I had to go out there, but my dad has uh, been struggling with liver failure, and he's been in and out of the hospital over the last year and a half. And um, so he, I mean, this last one was the worst, and so he's it's, he's still recovering. He's still in the hospital. So uh, I know a lot of people that knows me have been praying for him and so yeah. forth. So it's just... Uh, it's hard as a family. You just never know. Is this the one that's going to take him? Is this the one he's going to go home to be with Jesus? And and apparently not. I mean, apparently he's gonna. He's not the same. So this one changed him. So his speech is a little bit off. He's not walking and and um, or he's walking, but very you know it's different. This one changed him. So this one he's definitely progressed uh, worse. Where it's uh, he's going to now need assistance and help, but. Yeah, thank you everybody that was out there that prayed for us, and I know I put it up on our uh, my personal riot uh, account, um, so people saw it there and, and done. But yeah, that's why we're there. But I mean, California, I got to hang out at the beach a you little bit. You sent some pictures that were just phenomenal. Oh, I love it. I mean, if anybody has ever been to Laguna Beach area, Newport Beach, Laguna Beach, up into Dana Point. Um, if you're out there, California listeners, I'm giving you a shout out. Those beaches are incredible. Cal- Florida has really pretty beaches and, and down South, the water's a lot more prettier than it is in it California. Is. It is. But I think California beaches are prettier because of the cliffs, because of all of the, the rock formations that are around the beaches. And then also, I mean, it's just, it's so pretty. It's gorgeous. You can't go in the water cause it's like 38 degrees, you, but you get used to it. That's why everybody <laughs> wears wetsuits there. But it is beautiful. Yeah. It is so beautiful. The other thing that I saw in California that you don't see in Florida is um, the snow powder was all the way down to the 3,000 feet level. And, and it we don't was, have mountains. It was packed, just white everywhere. And I was just like, oh my gosh, if I had time, I would have loved to just go out up in the mountains and, and just experience that. So but, pretty. Yeah, that was awesome. 
So oh, this quick. last weekend we got to go on um, uh, the what was the name of that coffee club show? Oh yeah, with, we did a podcast Rodney on Saturday Beasley. morning. Yeah, that was yeah. a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. It's, yeah, it was know. a live version, so it was live. That was new for us. Yeah, we had never done live because we've always recorded it and, yeah. and sent it out. We but, should put the link in our Facebook page so I think people it's can up go there, check it out. Isn't it? It probably is. I think it is. So but I wanted yeah. to mention it anyway, so people would actually go to. Man, my you're Facebook so smart, page. Bob. I was trying to be slick, you and then are, you called me out I on it. I tell you what, you're so, so don't smart. Don't forget to visit our Facebook page. <laughs> you got to do that for us, or just go to riotpodcast.co, and go. then on the bottom there, it gives all those Everything links. Everything is that. That's yeah. right. One place. What was that website again? Riotpodcast.co. Ex- co. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's my, the way to I find had us. family in town last week. I mean, we talked about my daughter doing a play, and uh, she was amazing. I know I'm a biased father, but Pete, everybody came up to me and said your daughter stole the show. It was nah, really, she was, really, really. Oh, you got uh, to see it? Yeah, we went. So it was, she was definitely uh, A material, so star quality. Oh, that's and, sweet. And she, you know, she was able, we were able to hear her the best because she pronounced things clearer and louder. Uh, her singing was the same way when phenomenal. So, yeah, I can't. Yeah, I, that's the truth. I mean, I'm not just saying that because I'm your friend. Right. I'm saying that because that was the truth. Well, that's and those other kids fine. did an amazing job they as well. Really but they Sammy really did. really did stand out. That was amazing. She, it's like she gets on stage and uh, just flips a switch. It's it's weird. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's kind of like us when we do the Riot Podcast. Oh, yes. we t- it is. We flip a switch. We're Welcome. different. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, it's uh, you, you notice Barry's not here today. Yeah. You know why? Yeah, it's his birthday. It's his birthday. Happy birthday to you, no, Barry. we're recording it on his birthday. Happy You're listening birthday to this. To you, not, Barry. I'm, not, I'm not singing to him because he's not here. If Happy he was birthday, here, dear Barry. But we are May going to celebrate you. Pastor Barry's birthday tomorrow. Yeah, that's going to be we're exciting. We're going to go deep sea fishing catch, in the middle of a thunderstorm. Catch some sail fins. Sailfins? Wait, is that what it is? Sailfish. Sailfish. So we're hoping. You never know. Sailfish, it's a, it's a tough, you know, you can't predict it. Yeah. But, you know, it's kind of one of those bucket list type deals. Yeah, so I want a sailfish. We catch a sailfish, maybe some mahi-mahi. If we catch a some... sailfish, I promise, audience, you will hear about it. <laughs> I will have pictures for probably, you. Probably live. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if we'll have a reception out in yeah. the ocean. If you're listening to this and, oh, wait. You can't pray, but God knows your prayer. Even if you were praying on Thursday or Friday, whenever you listen to this or whenever you listen to it. That's right. Because yeah, God isn't praying. confined to time. No. So you could pray after the fact. Yeah. So pray. Yeah. Yeah. Because God knows. I want a selfish. In Jesus' name. Man, that's hard for me to wrap my mind around I know, that's that, whole, true. that whole time. He's already time. before us it's before so we even weird, get there. It's so weird, isn't it? Yeah. What else is going on? I don't know. That well, was fun to we'll talk, talk about. about it next week. We'll yeah. have pictures of the fish yeah. that we catch. Yeah, if you're hearing this, we too, won't make wish, it up. If wish them happy anything, birthday, we'll too, tell you the truth. on our Facebook page. Yeah, wish, or Twitter yeah, page. Happy birthday. Or Instagram page. Where would they find all that information? Yeah. At the, the Riot Podcast. The Riot Podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, YouTube, <laughs> anywhere. Yeah. Man, we are just going off the rails all here. All right, let's today. start. <laughs> well, let, let's start with prayer, and then uh, I'll read the I'll read the opening statement. All right, go for it. Father, help us focus on you today. Uh, we just have a good time, and we we thank you for our audience. We thank you for uh, just the, this book of John, and and uh, man, we thank you for John that he he penned this. I you know, granted, the Holy Spirit helped him a lot, but Father, what a, what an amazing book, just full of useful. Um, information on how we should live our lives, but more importantly, Father, what a what 
amazing descriptions and a focus of helping us know you better. And I think that's what I love most about this book is it just really gives a good picture of who you are and how much you care and love us. So we give you this show now, Father. Be with our listeners. Keep them safe. I pray that uh, they're touched and uh, they hear something from you today from this podcast. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this the show title this week is going to be Leadership and Contentment, and so we're going to we're going to cover John 3 verses 19 through 36. We might reference 17 and 18 a little bit. But I mean, before we get started though, last week I, I just want to remind people, last week we did not do the book of John. We took a week off. Right. And we covered why demons really hate us. And if you haven't listened to that show, go back and listen to it because it got a huge response. I mean, lots and lots of people have downloaded and listened to that show, and it was really, really, really powerful. So listen to it, and we'd love to hear your comments on it So as you're going through this. All right, let's get going. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So you kind of started the opening statement. Let me continue. The last show we did, which you talked about already, was uh, on John, was when we unpacked John 3, 1 through 18. And yeah. we kind of ended on 3, 6, 3, 16, so maybe we'll touch 17 and 18, like you said. Yeah. But what we covered, we covered what the Nicodemus interaction with Jesus. And uh, by breaking down what it means to be born again, if you remember that show. If you didn't listen to that show, it's episode 69. Go back and check it out. That was a great show. We had Barry on it. You guys really, you don't want to miss that. This week, we're finishing up the book of John by unpacking, or not the book of John, but chapter 3 of John. Yes. By unpacking the rest of the verses. In these verses, we will talk about light and darkness, how John the Baptist handles disputes, why Jesus is the bridegroom, and lastly, why Jesus as the witness of the Father is important. I don't think people really, I can't wait till we get to that section, I don't think people really understand or comprehend that the, he was a witness of the Father. So we're going to talk about that. That's a little bit different phraseology or that we yeah. would normally hear, so I can't wait till we get into that. So, so. you don't want to jump to the end, right? No, okay, not yet. Good. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be an awesome show, I'm sure, Pete. Uh, we'll have a lot of fun. So let's jump right into it. I'm going to read verses 19 through 21 to kind of get us started. Okay. Actually, I'm going to back up. I'm going to read verses 17 through right. 21. Go for it. Just to give, make sure, because we always say this, context matters, right? Yep. All right, 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. Okay, so stop it there, though. So okay. give context to that real quick, and then we'll start our today's, because we're going to break down today 19. So what is that saying? Well, I, <clears throat> so here's how it hits me. It, you hear people say, well, I don't believe in a God that could do evil things or do bad things or why allows these things to happen in the world. And I think too often, Pete, we forget that that's not the world that God created. God created a perfect world. He put us into this perfect world, and it was our choice, right? It was Genesis 3. It was the fall of man, um, Adam and Eve. Everybody knows the story that broke this world, right? So... Um, you know, I hear people say, well, a good God, how could a good God send people to hell? And But, you know, we had this discussion, I think, a few weeks ago, that God didn't create hell for humans. He created hell for 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 Satan, right, um, and the demons. But because we 
we fell. We uh, we ate from the the tree of uh, what is it? Good and evil. Yeah, the knowledge of, of knowledge good of good and evil. <laughs> you know, the one tree we were not supposed to eat from. We had to take a bite, and uh, so we wanted to be like God. So there it is. Now there's there's consequences to sin, and that's really what it well, is. So con- what do you say? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, condemnation is uh, already we're condemned once we were separated from an holy God. So God created us to live in fellowship with him forever but at that very moment we are then now separated we have been condemned we're condemned to death we're condemned to hell for all eternity so there's that's the condemnation that's our starting point yeah so but in christ there's there's no condemnation because in jesus he is good he is holy he is perfect he is loving he is gentle he is for us not against us and so we cannot look at God as condemning us. We can only look at God as good and faithful and true. And so there is no condemnation with him. And so when it's talking about that, <clears throat> we have to understand that once we surrender our life to the Lord, we are no longer condemned. Amen. We are now saved through grace. All right, let's All right, go on. good. So that gives it a little context. Verse 19, and this is the judgment. The light has come into the world and people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clear, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. All right, what does that mean? <laughs> so that's good. So obviously we're going to tell this light and darkness. And we talked about that, remember, in John 1. So we went right. into that. But light and darkness is one of the major images John uses in throughout his gospel. And so we first talked about, again, like in John 1. But John answers the question, why sinners will not come into the light? It's because they love darkness. Mm-hmm. And so it's when you look at um, you know, your life before Jesus... You know, maybe you were a good person, maybe you, you know, did certain things, but you never really had a, um, you know, a, a, a desire to really live according to what the Bible says. I mean, there's, there's scenes inside of you that chose to be dark, right? You loved your certain whatever it was. There's darkness in you. And so for all of us, that's what we'd known before Christ. But when we give our life to Christ, as we talked about with Nicodemus, we become born again. We become now spiritual. We were once a, a human form. We become now the sons of God. We become divine. We become spiritual. We are now able to comprehend the things of God. We're able to comprehend the things of the Lord. And so now that now it, what it's saying is that we are now light into darkness. We are no longer in darkness. We are now light. But the reason why people don't come to the light, as he was saying, is because they love Darkness. Yeah, I like how you put this here, Pete, in your, in the in the show notes. It said, "The closer a sinner gets to the light, the more sin is exposed." It's not an intellectual problem that keeps people from trusting Jesus. It's a more it's a moral and spiritual blindness that keeps them from loving darkness over light. Yeah, so I, it's like who you know. It's we go back to the condemnation. You know, why? Well, God's condemning me. I, why can't I do this? You know, why can't I watch porn or why can't I eat till I'm dead? Why can't I be a couch potato? Why can't I whatever fill in the blanks? Why can't I? And and so people immediately say, well, God's not a good God. God's a bad God. He doesn't allow me to do anything fun. He won't allow me to get drunk. He won't allow me to do any of these things. And 
And they're just completely missing what the Bible was saying. The Bible said, no, God is a good God. God is for us. God wants nothing but the very best for us. And so he set a, a way for us to live a holy and pleasing and perfect life. He set up a way that we can have peace no matter what is happening around us. He set up a way so that we can have a, uh, a hope that when we feel hopeless, and so that's what Jesus does. That's what the light is. But people are like, well, I rather much just complain and keep saying that God's a condemning God. I much rather say that he's horrible and all of this. And so they much rather live in darkness. And so that's what Paul's talking about. I mean, I mean, John's that, talking about. Isn't that the lie that it's been used forever? It's like if, if Satan can get us to believe that God isn't good, that he doesn't have his best interests, then, then it kind of opens up that that door to, like you always say, it opens up Pandora's box, right? Yeah. I mean, it opens up all. I mean, it's the same lie he used in Genesis, right? Yeah. Like you're not, you surely won't die. He just doesn't want you to be like him, you know. Like he lied to to Eve, just saying that no, he God's holding something back from you. And until we, and it's so easy to believe that. I don't know why, but it well, is. This per- perfect example. People have this. People have a complaining mentality. People are negative. People just complain about everything. I've noticed that a little bit. And I was at the airport um, whenever last week, and I was on the way home. We I had a six-hour delay in, in Atlanta, Georgia. And as I'm sitting there, the people behind me were complaining like crazy. I mean, they were just complaining, complaining, complaining. So it also, obviously, it gave me an opportunity to pray for them. But a lot of people's nature are to complain. And so... When they come to Jesus, they don't understand that he's for them. They can't see it. They're, they're in darkness. They're not seeing that he's good. They're not seeing the light. And so they're just naturally going to complain. They're going to say, you know, they'll go to church and they'll complain, man, the pastor was this. And, it's too hot. And the worship, too loud. worship was too that, this. Or <laughs> they need to get a different singer. That person can't carry a note. Or, uh. man, their leadership there is whatever. They, they lose sight why they're going to church. The purpose of them going to church is to love others. The purpose of the church is to elevate others. The purpose for going to church is to remove any obstacles that might be in a way from people hearing the word of God, to, from hearing the truth. There is no perfect church. There is no perfect person. There is no anything, but there is a perfect God. And there is a God that is light. And so John is basically saying, listen, when you give your life to Jesus or surrender, you now can see this perfect God. You can now see things that are spiritual that were otherwise you were in darkness. But people just like rather complain. They rather not surrender. They rather, they rather be, you know, these pessimistic pills that, 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 you know, and that's just the truth. It's human nature. I yeah. think that's the default. We, we went through a, a series a couple of years ago where we basically we, we talked about, it was mindset, right? Which tree, uh, which tree you're living in? Yeah. Are you living in the tree of yeah. uh, the knowledge of good and evil? Or are you living in the tree of yeah. life? And it, that, I love the way that breaks that down. And it really is just a, it's a it's a conscious mindset. It's yeah. easy to default to being a victim. And you're right. I hear people complaining all yeah. the time. And we get caught up into it. We're not 100%. saying we're not perfect. We get caught 100%. up into it. And that's why when that was being said, my flesh in the airport was wanting to complain as well. I was upset. I wanted to be home with my wife. I haven't <laughs> right? seen her for a long time. But at the same time, I, I adjusted and I said, no, this is an opportunity for me to pray. I went into the other mindset. I said, thank you, God, for the opportunity jump trees. that I have to be able to worship you here. And so I just, it was, I looked at it as a battlefield. I looked at it as an opportunity. So that's, again, that's what happens when you walk in the light. 
The difference is the darkness, it takes us away from God. The light always takes us to God. So That's good. Yeah. All right. Until John the Baptist was arrested by Herod and put into prison, his ministry overlapped with Jesus' ministry. In our reading of John 3, 22-30, we will see that John did not want anyone to follow him. He reminds people that his ministry is to point people to the Lamb of God. Amen. But we will also see a division among his followers. They get caught up in comparing John's ministry with Jesus' ministry. They started complaining, Pete. Yeah. Let's read and unpack these verses. Hey, well, wait, before we do that, right. who's the greatest man to ever live? Who's the goat? The, the uh, greatest of all time. Not born. Tom Brady? <laughs> Wait, wait, he's unretiring from football. That's not what you're talking about? No. Oh. What does Matthew 11, 11 say? You got that? Can you pull that up for me? I didn't. Um, I'll pull it up for you. Thank uh, you. It's in the New Testament, first book. And it's... 11, 11. Yeah, 11, 11. Oh. I should have printed it out, but yeah, I didn't. Okay. So you want me to read it? Yeah, read so 11, Matthew 11. 11, 11 says, Tom Brady truly Stop. is the greatest quarterback <laughs> Oh, that's not. That's the other translation. Uh, All right, I got it. Truly, I say to you, among those born of women, there are arisen no greater man than John the Baptist. So this is the guy we're talking about. Okay, Jesus he says he is the greatest of all time. He didn't say Moses. He didn't say Isaiah. He didn't say Tom Brady. He said he we, said John And we went into the length of this in one of our podcasts a while back. Yeah, but, find yeah. it. No, yeah. I don't know which one it was. Yeah, go on. But we did. Yes. All right, where are we at? Verse 19, 20, 22. Yes, go for it. After this, Jesus and his disciples went into the Judean countryside, and he remained there with them and was baptizing. John meaning John the Baptist, also was baptized. The greatest the greatest, the greatest of The yeah. goat, that's yeah, right. Was, you got to help me pronounce this town. Uh, John also was baptizing at Anon, Anon? I don't know, near Salim, because water was plentiful there, and people were coming, stop laughing at me, were coming and being baptized, for John had not yet been put into prison. Now, a discussion arose between some of John's disciples and a Jew over purification. And they, they didn't give his name, did they? We'll no. talk about that later. Yeah. And they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who was with you across the Jordan, to whom you bore witness, look, he is baptizing, and all are going to him. They're complaining again. Yep. John answered, a person cannot a person cannot receive even one thing unless it is given to him from heaven. Mm. You, you, you yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. Ooh. And the one who has the bride is the bridegroom. The friend of the bridegroom, or the best man, who stands and hears him, rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is now complete. He must increase, but I must decrease. So there's <clears throat> basically here's two ministries clashing. <clears throat> Sorry, I got something in my... <clears throat> My throat. Throat in your throat? Yeah. Um, okay, so this is Jesus' ministry and John the Baptist's ministry, and they're both of their disciples are there, and one side is complaining over the other. Notice it's not Jesus' side. This is John the Baptist's side. And, and so John the Baptist is now caught up into the middle of this, and he's like, okay, what's going on, guys? Let's work through this. And, and he needed to give it context. And so let's go ahead and break down this, this kind of, you know, this fight and, or discussion, a, a heated discussion or whatever you want to call it. Let's go ahead and break that down and uh, give this a little bit of context. So let's, so verse 25, yeah. go ahead and read that. Now a discussion arose between some of John's disciples and a Jew over purification. 
It appears that some of John's disciples started the argument. It, it did. They did. They did. Yeah. It began as a doctrinal. It began as doctrinal. Yeah. As a doctrinal grounds. Thank you. The yeah. matter of purifying, and then it moved on to personal grounds. So who is the Jew? Could I, it? I don't know. It we doesn't don't know. Say. Yeah. But it could be. It could be Nicodemus. Yeah, because it gives context. So why couldn't it be Nicodemus? Because be. we're already talking about him here. So maybe maybe it is. We don't know. We don't know for sure, but it's there. But here, let's talk about this real quick because people, when they heard that, they go, "What the heck is purification?" You know. So if you're reading the Bible and you and you come across that, ninety nine point nine percent of the time, you're just going to keep moving on. And you're not going to ask the question, "What is purification?" Is this? Uh, I got a question. Yeah. So I'm I'm reading through the book of Numbers now, and it talks about. You know, if you're unclean, you got seven days and you got to do this. Is that what they're talking it's about? It's a part of that. Part, okay. All right. So let me, Sorry, let, let me go ahead and I'm going to read to you kind of what I wrote down. So this will give it context because I didn't want to bring it out of context. So let me just read it down. So context the Hebrew, matters. Yeah, it does. So Hebrew Bible mentions a number of situations when ritual purification is required, including during menstruation, following childbirth, postpartum, anytime you have sexual relations, nocturnal emissions, usually anything to do with bodily fluids, skin disease, depth, or the corpse or uncleanliness, um, any animal sacrifices. So the oral law specifies, so the Pharisees were very big in the oral law. The oral law specifies other situations when ritual purification is required, such as after performing um, uh, dirty functions, meals, or walking. So the purification ritual is generally a form of water-based ritual washing in Judaism for removing of any ritual impurity, sometimes requiring just washing of the hands, and at other times requiring full immersion. The oral law requires that the use of the undrawn water for any ritual full immersion so so you can go into a bath you can go into you know a a river or whatever to completely um you know purify yourself so in context here the the argument is well you know are they doing it properly or or should is this is this relevant now with jesus is this even something that we're supposed to do um, and so they're, they're arguing about, well, Jesus is doing it this way and his disciples are doing it like that. And are we supposed to do that? I mean, that's kind of, you know, what's going on. So, but purification was important to the Jews under the old Testament law. They needed to keep themselves ceremonial clean. And so obviously there's something that's happening here where they have an argument and they want to make sure. So here's what it is. So back in their days, legalism was a very big deal. So you had to, you know, the Pharisees were the legalist of all. So you had to, this is the way that, you know, this, you're supposed to do this. And if it's not done exactly this way, then it's not right. Well, Jesus came and turned that all upside down. So Jesus said, heck with the legalism. I'm not about that. We're not going to, you know, if, you know, the father never stops his work. He works on Sabbath. He does. There's certain things that are always taking place. And Jesus constantly poked an eye at the legalism. And so this would have been one of those things that I'm sure he poked an eye in. You know, why aren't you... Why isn't your disciples washing their hands before they eat? You know, remember that question that he asked? So why is that happening? So again, they they took purification, the Jews, as a big deal. And Jesus would do things completely different than what they would do. And so the reason why he was doing it, he was teaching them, it's about the heart. It's not about the works. It's not about the action. It's about the heart. What is your heart saying? You want to be obedient to Christ first. You want to be obedient to what God is saying first. The, the byproduct of that is we wash our hands. The byproduct of that is we do things in such a way so that God can be glorified. It's about the heart first. Does that make sense? 
Yeah. I, I, I think two, we explained that a little bit. But. Two things that popped up when you, and I All don't right. know if I can remember. And the first one was pretend I, I don't know what the oral law is. Well, the oral law would be something that they would speak orally, so that would be. So it's not written. It's no, not. It's not the yeah. first five books of the Old yeah, Testament. Yeah, they have it written, and then they have the oral. So they always, tra- in the beginning of time, they would constantly transfer all of their stuff orally. So that's why when you go, um, you know, they would do plays, they would do different types of acts or different things so that people would remember them. That's why Jesus said, you know, if you can write them on so you remember, but they would oral, they would pass them down from generation to generation orally. Okay. So yeah. they just teach them one, yeah. one to another. Okay. Yeah. And the second thing, you, you brought up a term legalism. Yeah. That, when you said that, I don't know, like the, the movie Footloose popped into my head. Yeah. Is, that, is that accurate? Absolutely. Is that, okay, just make it sure I'm, I'm in the right. Yeah, absolutely. I'm in the right place. Not so. all music is bad. Okay. Yeah. And there's actually some, if you want to call it secular music, that is okay to listen to. If it, I mean, if, it, if but if the music is telling you 666 is the way of the number and that's, that's what you should worship. That's probably not good? No, I mean, that would, God and the Spirit would probably check you at that moment and say, yeah, you probably should not be listening to this. But if it's saying, hey, love your wife and have romance with your wife and, and, and walk on the beach and hold your hands and all of that stuff. Aww. Yeah, that's good. Or if it's even talking like a country song where your wife just died, your, de- your, ba- your, your dog's barking and- Fell off the and, truck. And you fell off the truck, <laughs> but you got back up. That's okay. We digress. (laughs) All right, let's move on to verse 26. Without realizing it, John's disciples were putting him in a a situation of competing against Jesus. Yeah, that's that's not where I want to be. No. In in 326, they said all men come to him. So again, I I, might put in the discussion point, a leader suffers more from his disciples than his critics. Can you, can you understand that, Bob? Yeah. So what happens is, is as a leader, a lot of times you're doing your best to lead the people. And then all of a sudden, some scrub, something happens. They get their butt feelings hurt or something, right? Is that the way to say it? Yeah. Well, kind of. Go ahead. So here's how, here's how I see it. I mean, you've got. (laughs) Because John's been very clear, I am here to point people to the Messiah. Yeah, right. It's never, it's not about me. But you still, it sounds like you still got people following him. Let's be honest. I think they're jealous of Jesus's ministry. It's like they're following John. Hey, we want to be following the goat. They are following the goat, and they don't even realize it. Yeah. But I think there's jealousy creeps in and this happens all the time it happens in churches it happens you got neighboring churches and there's they start you know going against each other like guys we're all on the same mission yeah that's pointing people to jesus that's the big context but at the same time though as a leader you are you constantly are dealing with your critics you're dealing with people that you're dealing with. i mean they always have a better opinion they always have a better thought they always they'll question why you're doing certain things and and so this is what he's dealing with. Yeah. I mean, this is it straight up. So how did John the Baptist handle the controversy? He first stated a conviction. Remember what he said in verse 27? All ministry and blessing come from God so that there can be no competition. So he was just saying it straight up. There's no competition in in my ministry. There's no competition in your business. There's no competition in anything that we do. We're here to just serve the Lord. Right. We're here to just bring him glory and honor. God's responsible for all the other stuff. We just stick to the basics, stupid. <laughs> I don't think he said stupid. Oh, but I mean, that's what is well, that? Well, Paul stupid? said this as yeah. well, Pete. In, in 1 Corinthians 3, um, 1 through 9, he says that our gifts and our opportunities come from God, and he alone must get all the glory. I'm a little testy today. I you are. It's all good. <laughs> 
It's all good. But no, Paul did say that. And again, he's he understood that once we surrender our lives to the Lord, we were granted the grace of God. And in the grace of God came gifts. And in those gifts, we are to now utilize those with the Holy Spirit's help to bring God glory. And so John understood that. John was basically saying, here, listen, I was created for a purpose. I was created to do this purpose. And now my purpose is done. Now I need to transfer that over to God. I now need to say, you know what? I need to decrease. We're going to read that, or we just did. And God needs to increase. And so that's the same thing with us. We have a purpose. We have a goal. We have a role. You know, churches have their purpose. Each church has its own unique DNA. So they have to operate and function within their DNA, not try to be like the the church down the street, not try to copy a church that's doing something in the next neighborhood or the next state over. That's not their purpose. Their purpose is to find out what other um, what their gifts are that are within the church, who their leaders are, what are their makeup, and then the pastor's responsibility is to then put them in a place so that they thrive for God's glory. That's the makeup of that church. It's it's not to compare themselves. It's not to say that we're better or worse than anybody else. It's to just fulfill the purposes that God has. And so I, I like it. that you brought up the business part of it too, because in, in my business, man, competition is fierce, right? Yeah. And it's so easy for me to get caught up like this person is doing this or, and you're so right. That's not my job. My job is just give God glory and he will take care of it. Again, I'm not a realtor. I'm a Christian who happens to practice real estate. And, and that's how you got to look at it. And as long as I'm giving him the glory, he'll take care of the rest. Uh, we be you. Yeah. And, and 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 that's what you're saying about the churches yeah, too. Just, just be you. Yeah. And and again, so Paul John is basically reminding his people at this point, let you guys stop it. Just be you. You know, I I wrote down this quote by Oswald Chamber. He said, "Faith never knows where it is being led, but it loves and knows the one who is leading." And so, mm-hmm. in your business, who is leading? Is is it the people? Is it your pastor or is it God? In in your in in did I say business yeah, or church? That's okay. Church. You meant church. Well, yeah. I guess it'll be the same thing. It really is. It really is the same thing. It's transferable. That's right. So it's like so faith never knows where it's being led. So what I'm doing in my business is to bring God glory. That's my faith. My faith is I want to represent God and Jesus in this. And then he knows and then but I have to let God be the leader. And then Max Lucado said, A man who wants to lead the orchestra must turn his back on the crowd. Wow. So here's so true. I mean, think about it. Because if John got caught up into listening to all the gripe, <laughs> he, we get confusing. What a great picture that is. So he just like, wait a minute, let's stop that. Let me get one with Jesus again. Let me let me hear him. And then once he hears him, he gives instructions. And John did a perfect, wonderful job with that. What an illustration. Yeah. Yeah. So let's jump into that. Okay. The next thing John did was paint a beautiful picture, a yeah. beautiful illustration. Yeah. In verse three twenty, in verse 29, he says, or he compares Jesus to the bridegroom mm. and himself only as the best man. In essence, he was saying once the bridegroom and the, and the bride have been brought together, the best man's work is complete. That's it. It's like, you know, what is the, the best man is doing all the preparation the best man is putting together the, all the all everything that needs to be done, but once the wedding is happening and once they're married, the best man is like, "I've did my job. I got him to the altar. I got him to there. Now it's now it's their job to, you know, to solidify this. It's their job to bring it. And that's the same thing with Jesus. Jesus was the bridegroom. His church is the bride. That's what it's saying. You know, John the Baptist had a role, and now he's using that uh, this illustration to help people understand. 
that's his that's what he was saying so um i i wrote this i said many times when pastors or leaders introduce famous people to their congregation they use big words oh, um to decrease uh, to describe how great they feel their speaker is that happened to hudson taylor the missionary to china when he visited a church in melbourne australia after a big introduction saying how great his ministry was for creating a movement of god in china he got up and he said dear friends I'm a little servant of a lustrous master. So good. And he realized that, and same with John the Baptist, he realized that I'm nothing. I'm just here to do my job. I'm just here to bring God glory. And, and, um, and Jesus is the ultimate prize. The bridegroom is the ultimate prize. And so it, John, John the Baptist had it properly, and we're going to get into that in 30 when he said, I must decrease, he must increase. Hmm. But it's, it's and the same with us, our churches. We have a small role. We must do the best we can with what we got in our role as a church, as a business, and, and leave the rest to God and point people to the bridegroom. Right. Yeah, yeah, you make an excellent point that uh, you know John didn't want to upstage the bridegroom. You know, the church, the church is Jesus's bride, and John was content with his ministry, and he understood his role. Yeah, contentment. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. any thoughts on contentment? I think it's tough. <laughs> yeah. We, we struggle with it. Um, in fact, that was one of my words of the year. Um, I think it was last year. It would just to really focus on being content. And not because it's so easy. There's so many shiny things out there. You want to chase them down, and a lot of them are good, Pete. You know, it's people want to you know be successful at work, or they want to uh, spend more time with family, or you know whatever. There's a lot of good things that 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 are out there, but they can distract us. We need to learn contentment. I, I it helps with gratefulness too. I think that's true. That goes with it because we're thankful and grateful yeah. um, for what we've realized we do have and not complaining about what we don't have. Uh, Warren Wearsby said, real contentment must come from within. You and I cannot change or control the world around us, but we can change and control the world within us. So here's John the Baptist looking at what's going on around him. He's realizing and recognizing, hey, the ministry that I once had is no longer. I did my job. I'm now passing the baton. And so I must now decrease. I must be content. I must accept the role that I've been given. I must point people to Jesus. I must do whatever it takes to get out of the way and then to elevate him. Martin Luther said, next to faith, this is the highest art, to be content with the calling in which God has placed you. So again, it's like, what has God placed you in? Where are you at right now? It doesn't mean that God's not going to open up boundaries or open up doors for you to walk through, but you must thrive in the moment that you're in. You must accept what God has given you. If you're in a, uh, a three-bedroom home and, and, and it's in a little bit bad area and you have a job that you're not exactly happy about and all you can dream about is being rich or all you can dream about is getting out of that neighborhood or all your dreams about is getting that next best job you're going to be restless you're going to be you're not going to be content you're going to constantly trying to force things or make things happen and god says just thrive with what i have you trust me if it's my if i want to take you out of this or if i want to adjust you to a different business or if i want to do that just let me be god of your life you continue to thrive. Look at all the good that's around you. Look at the opportunities you have at the workplace that you're in. Elevate people, love people, thrive there. Look at the opportunities and thank them that you're not out in the cold or you're not whatever that is. I mean, that's what it's saying is, is accept it. Stop trying to be like 
somebody else. Trop, stop it. Be you. <laughs> and I listen, we all struggle with this. I struggle with this. Okay. I struggle with this. And so this is something that this is a reminder to all of us. We have to let God be God of our life and we have to be content in what we have and be thankful and grateful, like you were saying. God is God and I am not. That's it. Well, continuing on the, the wedding picture here, the image of the bridegroom would have been significant to the Jewish people. For Jehovah, had, for Jehovah had a marriage covenant with the nation. We find that in Isaiah 54 and Jeremiah 2 and Ezekiel 16. We also find that God said his people have been unfaithful to their vows and he has temporarily put her away. Uh, John is saying that this is the beginning of a new covenant, his church, the bridegroom, and one day he will come back for them. Yeah, in um, in Isaiah 54, 5 says, For your maker is your husband, the Lord host is his name, and the Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer, the God of the whole earth he is called. Oh, that's not what I wanted to read. That's talking about the, the wedding language that was used in the Old Testament. So <clears throat> I guess my point was that John... John was was uh, taking from what he already knew was in the Old Testament. He was a you know he knew the book of Isaiah. All right, this is what I was talking about based off what you just said, Isaiah fifty four five. It says, "For your Maker is your or, yeah." Wait, no. You just read Second Kings seventeen eighteen to twenty. I got it. I'll get to it. God was very angry with Israel and removed them from His sight. Mm. Yeah, so Judah did not keep the commandments of the Lord their God, but walked in the statues of Israel which they made. And the Lord rejected all the descendants of Israel, afflicted them, and delivered them into the hand of the plunders until they had cast them from His sight. And so what happened here is, is God, the reason why Jesus had to come is because his chosen people turned their backs on God. And so God said, I, there's another way. And that's why Jesus had to come. He had to come and to save all of those, to, to, to re or to right the wrong that happened. And, um, and so that's kind of like what you were just saying that, what I'm trying to read where I lost my sight. No, you're so, fine. Yeah. We're, we're going to cover verse 30 here, and then we'll jump into the, the, the final chapter. The one I know you've been excited to get to the yeah. to the end of this uh, and share what uh, God's put on your heart there. But yeah. in the last verse that we, we've read so far, 330, was where John says, He must decrease and Jesus must increase. Oh, I see. Concludes the significance of this word must, that it is used three times in this section. 3.7, must be a sinner. 3.14, must be a savior. And here, 3.30, must must be a servant. Wow. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. Where was I at? Uh, I completely lost no, our No, it's okay. You know what? <laughs> There's a reason for it. So Bob, God can Bob use Terrius. all things. God can work all things together for the good of people that love him, right? Um, so you were talking in verse... Okay, right, let me follow on. All so right, so okay. verse 7 is a sinner. We must be born again to be saved. Verse when 14, he was talking to Nicodemus. Must be lifted so we can be saved. In verse 30, he must increase and must decrease. Okay, again, so... Um, talking about must, there's certain things that we have to do in order for us to be saved. So we have to deny ourselves. Wait, we have to earn our salvation? No. Okay. There's, we have to make a choice though. So I can continue to live in darkness and love darkness, or I can choose to live in light and love light. I have, I must do something, you know? And so this is, again, there's, there is a difference between election in 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 our choice to choose to choose the to follow God or not God. So there is a difference. I just talked about this on our our um, Facebook the other day. We're not going to get into election today, but I'm talking about something completely different. I'm saying that we must, as it's saying, we must do something in order to be born again. We it's, must change. You have to ex like it's almost like somebody gives you a gift. 
and unless you take it and unwrap it, you I mean, you still have to receive it, right? So it's almost like... I, I don't become born again if I don't do anything. Right. I mean, I got to do something. So what is it that I got to do? The Bible says, believe upon Jesus that he is God. Believe that he died and rose again on the third day. Believe that that he did that so that your sins can be forgiven, right? So I must I must choose that. If I don't choose that, then I, you know, a lot of people say, well, there's no free will in, in, in the gift in the goes Bible. unopened, right? I was like, come on, yeah. people. I mean, this is like common stuff. So, okay, I've, I'm following you, you now, good? Bob. Are we I'm caught back, up? We're back on page. It's all good. All right. You know, our <clears throat> listeners, had you not said anything, they wouldn't have even known. Yeah, but I was confused. So I had to say something to get myself back. I gotta walk. I gotta talk it out so I understand All right. myself. Well, let me right. let me get the rest of the text. All right, starting in verse thirty-one through the end of uh, chapter three. He who comes from above is above all. He who is of the earth belongs to the earth and speaks in an earthly way. He who comes from heaven is above all. He bears witness to what he has seen and heard. Yet no one receives his testimony. Whoever, rece- whoever receives his testimony sets his seal to this, that God is true. For he whom God has sent utters the words of God, for he gives the Spirit without measure. The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. You know, I there, the witness is used forty-seven times throughout the Gospel of John. So that that term, witness or testimony, is used that many times. So it's a big deal. In this context, it's talking about the witness that Jesus brings of the Father. So in other contexts, is our witness of Jesus, right? So in this context, it's talking about that that God or Jesus is witnessing what the Father has taught him or showed him, and then Jesus is basically sharing that with us so that we can be a testimony to what the Father is saying. There is no one higher than Jesus because the Father and Jesus are one. So as the Father says, Jesus says. As the Father knows, Jesus knows. And so that's what's happening. So they're one. And so there's no other higher witness is what he's saying. This is it. He's the top. So when you're hearing from Jesus, you're hearing from God. You're hearing from the Father. Yeah. And, it's and, like, I, it's, it's firsthand. Not, it's not hearsay. It's, this is it. This is as legit as it gets. And again, John is coming as a eyewitness. And so John saw Jesus and lived with Jesus and, and hung out with Jesus for all those years. And so he is saying, my witness is that I witness Jesus being the witness of the Father. And so I can testify that what Jesus said is true. And this is John, the writer of the book, not John the Baptist. Yes, John, the writer of the book. And, and I, I, can, I can testify to that, and I know that. And, and what happened is as Jesus rose from the grave, and when he, when he rose up, his, his eyes were open. And all of a sudden, all of these Old Testament verses, all of these things that were talking or alluding to Jesus, all came back. And so in his mind, he's like, there's, there's an absolute truth. I know this without a certain. Everything that he said was a witness to the Father. And everything that I witness and experience is true. I've checked it out. I've seen it in context. And so here he is now writing this so the whole world would know that that what he said is true. So verse 31 tells us that we must heed Christ's witness because he is from heaven and above all. So it's, this is not, again, not a, not a request that we receive it. We must heed it. We must, we must accept it fully. We must completely be engulfed in understanding that what Jesus is saying is from the Father. Does that make sense? 
It does. All right. You want to go on to the next? Yeah, part? he was he was God, and he came from heaven. He was above. He was above all gods. I, I said plural there. Yeah. Why? I, we have to. That's another show. That's. An, <laughs> <laughs> are we talking about Zeus? What are we talking about there? <laughs> Nimi Dimi gods. I don't know. Be, be, well, it's now. Capital, there's only one true God. It's Yahweh. Capitalized so I, though, so that's why I was. Confused. No, that's that was the wrong part. Okay. <laughs> so let me clarify, everybody. There's only one triune God. His name is Yahweh. We're not getting into any of that stuff yet. All right, go on. No earthly messenger or prophet came from above only Jesus. He can tr- We can trust it and rely on his witness. I think this is, and again, the way that we got our Bible and understanding how the translation came to us, um, there is no mistaking that what we have is the authentic Word of God. Amen. And it came from John himself. He wrote this. He circulated this to the churches. And and he's telling us that we can believe everything that is being said about him. We can believe this because he is the witness of the Father. The God, Yahweh himself is testifying and giving us um, these truths. Yeah, so. in 32 and 33, it says that he testifies what the Father has said firsthand. Mm-hmm. What he says is truth because he has been with the Father. We can rely on this on his witness. And again, that goes back to us. So when we spend time with Jesus or when we spend time with the Father, the Father then will minister to us. The Father will then speak truth to us and that we can testify what is being done in our life and contribute to the Father because we spent time with the Father. So when I am transformed, when my mind is renewed, when I have clear vision, when I have understanding, when I have direction, I have that because I've been with the Father. And the same thing with Jesus. Jesus has this truth because he knows the Father. The Father is told him in these things. And then he, in return, tells that to his people. He shares that truth with that. And then John is now saying, I receive this witness that he was the Father. I receive it as truth. And it has also changed me. And it has also opened my eyes to understand the way that I am to live. Wow. Yeah. All right, verse 34 and 35. That was really good. That was really good. Yeah. We see again, God gave Jesus the word. He gave him his spirit, and he gave him all thanks. Yeah, that's the best part. I mean, just try to comprehend that. Say that again. I mean, really, think about this. We, we see again, God gave Jesus the word. Got it. He gave him his spirit, mm-hmm. and he gave him all thanks. Everything. What's all? All means all. You know, and somebody, somebody said this to me the other day, and it was, you know, it was talking about the Word of God. And it's like, how, how awesome is it that God has given us the written Word of God, but in Jesus, He's also given us the living Word of God. It's like, wow, my God, and and, and He supplies all of our needs. Yeah, it's A- everything. Uh, he supplies all of our needs. He supplies so everything. So again, so once we surrender to Jesus, once we're in the light and we're away from the darkness, see the darkness is we have to fend for ourselves. The darkness is we have to figure out how to make a living. We have to figure out how to support ourselves. We have to figure out how how, how we're going to get to heaven. We have to figure out how we're going to find hope and peace. It's all on us. But, but when we're, but in we're the, afraid of the light. Yeah, but when we're in the light, <sighs> it's no, it transfers all of that over to God and now it's his responsibility he then imparts into us his truth his way of life his his thought process his joy his peace he's all of his supplies everything his tools his power his spirit all of it is given to us 
And wow. so that is what it's saying. It's it's Jesus as the witness of the Father is then transferring that to us and saying we too now have the same thing that Jesus had on this earth. It's all been transferred over to us. And so as Jesus lived, because he was the witness to the Father, we live because we are now witnesses of Jesus in his testimony. So let me see if I got this straight. In our flesh, we're afraid of the light because we're, we're afraid that that's going to take away our life. But in fact, everything we're, everything we're looking for, everything good in life exists in the light. That's so it. it's like we're afraid of the very thing that we're trying to protect. Because we can't see it as good. So, we see, we're condemned by it. We, why can't I do this? Well, that's what you've been doing in the flesh for your whole life. There, you don't do it because it's not the very best way. God has a better way. Adjust your life and change your life. Let him change you. Wow. Yeah. All right, let's, lead our, let's read our last verse, All right. 36. Notice that this is the only place in where any of John's epistles or his gospel that he uses the word wrath. In Revelation, he uses it five times, but not in any of the other writings. So verse 36 says this, Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Amen. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. Yeah, that's a scary part this verse parallels parallels john three eighteen. it makes it yeah. clear that there can be no neutrality when it comes to the witness of jesus either we trust him or we reject him and if we reject him we will experience the wrath of god and what is the wrath of god we will spend eternal eternity. separation that's it we will spend eternity in hell up yeah. separated from him yeah. and in in hell as the bible says in revelations is like the gnashing of teeth the swelling of your hands it's eternal heat of fire that you can't quench you have to you i mean you'll be thirsty forever um you'll be in torment basically i mean that's what it says i we're not this yeah. is again what we're testifying and what i'm saying is because jesus was the witness to the father and because he was the witness to the father i believe in what jesus because it's told it's it's transferred into my heart is true because i've lived it and i've trusted it but because he said that i also have to accept this that hell is a real place i have to accept yeah. the wrath of god yeah. i have to accept it if we deny jesus we will experience his wrath and so that's that's the truth of it all. You know, I've heard people say that, that yeah, I, I want to go to hell because that's where all my friends are going to be. Yeah, you're not going to be partying with your friends. I mean, if you read, <laughs> you read about hell in the Bible, this is not a place you want to be. You know, and there there will be no fellowship. There's there total separation. There's no love. There's no joy, and it just it doesn't sound like a place you want to be. No, we don't. Didn't, we, didn't mean to bring it down, though. I kind of got dark there. Well, we had to. We had to. We had to state the whole counsel of God. Well, I John mean, does it. We yeah. blame John. He he brings it up in verse thirty six. But again, that's what the beautiful thing about going through the Bible. You have the really cool nuggets, but yeah. at the same time, but this is not really a downer. This is basically saying, hey, yeah, there's an opposite side of the coin here. There is darkness, and there's the bad part of that. And so we're just we're basically giving you the explanation point of the darkness part. It there is an end, you know. But there's also hope. Yes. And that hope is there's light. Amen. And you don't have to live in the darkness. He is the light. You don't have to choose to, to live that way. You can choose to surrender your life to Jesus. You can choose to give your life wholeheartedly to this light. And you can believe that he is the son of God. You can believe that he is the, the eyewitness of the Father. You can believe in all the things that he says as true. And, and you no longer have to, you know, waller in the, the negative life. You no longer have to say that, that, you know, look at everything is half empty. You can see that it's half full. You can, you can learn to thrive in every moment that you have. You can learn to be content in what you've been giving and learn to be thankful and, and, and give God praise in all things. 
You can learn to be stuck in an airport for six hours and see it as a blessing of God because you give them the opportunity to pray and to speak life into people. You can change every circumstance for good if you learn to see it from God's eyes in the light of Christ. Amen. And so that is what we're offering here at Riot Podcast. If there's, if you're sitting there and you're listening to this and you have not turned from the darkness and you're living in it and you want to give your life to the, to Christ and you want to walk in the light, you can. And, and as we already said, you, all you have to do is just say, God, forgive me of my sins. Lord, I repent of living my life in darkness. I choose today to walk in fellowship with you and live in light. I choose to surrender my life to you. I choose to give you every aspect of my life. I choose to live contently and to trust you in all things. I choose to let you be God of everything in my life. I choose to to trust that you are working all things together for my good, for those who are called according to his purpose. And, And I'm telling you, everything that comes with this choice that you're making now is nothing but good. God is faithful. God is for you. God is wanting to bless you. He's wanting to use you. He's wanting to pour his life into you. And he desires that intimacy. And so if this is you and you've given your life and you said, I, I prayed this and, and I've, I accept this truth and I'm going to now live for him. Well, we would love to hear from you. We would love to help get you started on your on your pathway. You know, we'll help you with maybe understanding what you you know the Bible and understanding you know your reading plan or understanding what church is the best church or or you know who to get connected with. We can help you with all of that if you reach out to us at riotpodcast.co. And if you did give your life to the Lord, go ahead and just push on that No God page. Go down to the bottom, fill out that information so that we have your contact information and let us know that you gave your life to the Lord and we will get in contact with you and help you out with your next steps. Oh, Bob, what a great show, huh? Great. And I, you know, as we wrap up verse, our chapter three of John, I just, I just want to kind of recap real quick. You know, we, at the beginning, the discussion with Jesus and Nicodemus where we learned that uh, you must be born again. Um, and then what we're talking about today, you know, first of all, the leadership role that John the Baptist, JTB, right? John the Baptist said about, you know, just pointing people to Jesus that, you know, don't let, don't let your followers put you on a pedestal above, uh, above Jesus. And then we talked about the light. And then finally, just John, John 316 is probably the most common or most well-known verse in the world. And, um, just, you know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Mm. So whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. And that's what Pete was just talking about. And if you haven't found that light, you haven't made that decision to accept that free gift, man, please don't wait another day. Um, you basically just said, show. you just basically said John is like loaded with so much stuff. It's so, unbelievable. It's so good. <laughs> Especially John three. It's that's what we were talking about. So yeah. good. Yeah. So it was amazing. And we yeah. did it in two shows. I yeah. thought it would have been, you know, three. Yeah. So maybe you're right. We might get through this in less than a year. Who knows? Who knows? Subscribe. It's all good. There's no follow us. Yeah. Subscribe, follow us. YouTube watchers. If you're looking at us right now, hit the like button, yes. hit the uh, subscribe button, and then click the bell so you get notified. And uh, man, you guys have an amazing week. You got, uh, we're releasing this on St. Patrick's Day. So yeah. have your corned beef and cabbage. That's it. Um, save some for me. I love it. And uh, you guys just have an amazing week of worship. Can't wait to talk to you again next week. Take care. Bye. This has been the Riot Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, 
please feel free to leave a comment and share it with your friends. See you back here next week for another episode of the Riot Podcast.